Lord this morning. Turn with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 32. chapter 32, we're going to look at the life of a man named Jacob. Before we get there, I want to read something out of Hebrews chapter 11 about uh, Jacob. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, says, By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Now turn with me there and look in Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. This is the Lord speaking. He says, And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hath prevailed. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. First of all, Lord, I want to praise you this morning for your grace. Lord, I'm so thankful today for my Jesus. I thank you for the redemption of mankind. I thank you today that I can truly say in my heart and with my mouth and with my mind that I have been redeemed, that I will this morning as we open up a portion of your word, I pray that you would apply it to our hearts, that you would use me as your spokesman this morning. Hide me behind the cross. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Satan be barred from this place, that you would put a hedge around it and everything inside the hedge, Lord, you would fill up with your presence. You move on us, your people, this morning. say that the Lord is speaking to Jacob. And there's a passage of scripture in the book of Isaiah in verse uh, chapter 41 verse 14 says, Fear not thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel, I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He calls Jacob a worm. This morning I want to tell you a story of a worm who became a prince. Now we see these uh, nursery rhymes and we see that uh, some evil spell was cast upon a prince one time. He become a frog and then a, a woman kisses him and he became the prince. You seen that? Well, this totally is a different story here. This story starts out with a worm. Never was anything else. It starts out with a man being a called a worm in the word of God and what God done through him made a prince out of him. See, there's a big difference. We just read Isaiah chapter 41 uh, verse 14 and Jacob was called a worm but yet then the Lord says that your name shall no longer be Jacob but it will become Israel and the name Israel means Prince of God. Now I believe if you or I or for that matter anyone was looking for someone to become a prince no one would ever choose reason is that Jacob was called a worm is because he was a twister of things. He was a liar. He was a crook. He was a deceiver. And yet God chose to make a prince 
out of him. And that proves something to me. That's special to me. God does not love us because we are valuable. You need to understand that today. You may think you are. But God does not love mankind because we're valuable. No, we're valuable because God loves us. See, God doesn't change us in order to love us. No, praise Him for God loves us in order to change us. And that's exactly what God did with this man named Jacob. But God didn't love uh, Jacob for what Jacob was. God loved Jacob for what he saw in that man. What he truly was and what God truly was. So I want us to look at this wretched man Jacob. Now the first thing is that Jacob's daddy was more interested in deer meat than anything else. There's a problem in this home. Jacob or Isaac uh, loved Esau more than he loved Jacob because Esau was a hunter. This is Jacob's brother. And he loved Esau more because Esau could bring him deer meat. That's a horrible reason for a daddy to love one son more than another, isn't it? And until God done a work in Isaac's heart, he was just an old man who lived by feeling. And that's a typical response. That is a typical picture of a carnal Christian. If you work your day out, if you live your Monday out, and it's all based on feelings, you will become carnal in your life. And that's a horrible word, carnal Christian. And not only was the, in this home Jacob's father who had some big issues. But there was also a scheming mother in that home. And I don't have time to go into much about her. But I'm going to tell you one thing about her, and it's this. It's what you need to know as far as this passage that we're looking at. She made Jacob a mama's boy. I mean, she tied him to her apron strings, and uh, then it comes to Jacob's brother. The Bible uh, tells us in the book of Hebrews calls him a profane man. He was a hairy-chested, red-headed hunter uh, and cared not for any things of God. He was even willing to sell, uh, sell his birthright for a pot of stew. This family doesn't have a whole bunch of ambition. There's some problems within this family. Now Jacob, he wasn't any better than the rest of them. When he saw something that he wanted, when he got his mind uh, on something, what he started to do, he started to work and tried to mislead and lie and con someone out of whatever they had when he desired it. He had double-crossed Esau. He had tried to cheat his uncle uh, Laban. So this man, Jacob, doesn't look like a very good person at all, does he? And because of the type of person he was, his life was marked with failure disappointments, problems. When you study the life of Jacob, up to the time he was around 70 years old, you will see that everything was against him in man's eyes. Yet God intervened. But now let me tell you, the one redeeming factor that Jacob had, deep down in his heart, uh, 
he had a hunger to know God. Now you wouldn't be able to see this hunger outwardly, but deep down in this man's heart there was a hunger for spiritual things. Now we all know that he went about getting them and his birthright in the wrong way. But don't think about that. At least he wanted it. But what else did? At least he wanted that birthright. But Esau didn't. And I'll say this. I don't think anyone liked Jacob except for his mother. He was hated. But I do not believe anybody hated Jacob more than Jacob hated himself. You see, he had a war going on within him. There was a raging going on within him. There was uh, so much discontent. There was so much going on within his own heart that made him a miserable man. That ever happened to you? A great battle was raging within him. The flesh against spirit. Jacob was a wretched man, so how did he finally overcome all this wretchedness? I'm going to tell you what he done. He admitted it. Some may be thinking, boy, I'm so glad today I'm not a wretched person like old Jacob. Well, what I say about that, brothers and sisters, unless you believe yourself to be a better person than the Apostle Paul, we are all wretched because that's the category he put himself in. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, O wretched man that I am. You see, God uh, can't do anything with me and God can't do anything with you until we see truly what we are without him. Until we understand that in our flesh there's no good thing that will come from us, we will never be used of God till we admit what we are and allow God to show us the truth about what we are. You know, I found out it's a lot easier to look at the faults of others than to look at your own, isn't it? I mean, some people just encompass their entire day to find the faults in others. I mean, they, they set out to find it. You know something that I've figured out about that and I've seen it happen and I've seen it in my own life testimony when someone sets out to find fault in you they will probably always find the fault that they look for you ever notice that boy it's sure hard to admit what you are it's sure hard to say this is what I am look there with me in verse 24 Jacob was left alone there wrestling with a man he didn't know and bringing him to Jericho. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go that they break me. And Jacob said, I will not let this is a strange story. Jacob found himself wrestling with a, a man. Who is he wrestling with here? I can tell you he's wrestling with the Lord's who he's wrestling with. 
He's wrestling with Jesus Christ. The Lord knew that he could not make a prince out of Jacob until Jacob came to the end of himself. Lord brought him to a place of isolation. Look there what it says in verse 10. And Jacob was left alone. You see, when someone can't despises themselves, when someone truly does not like what they are, you know what happens? They always want to have a lot of people around them so they don't have to spend that time with the person that they dislike and wishes them safe. That's just the way start then, we'll start trying to occupy all of our time we'll, uh, so we don't have to get by ourselves. We'll always start doing things. We'll always try to amuse ourselves. When I feel uh, my own life, I should get along with God. No, it's not that. But you see, God brought him to a place of isolation so he could uh, be alone. I wonder what kind of shepherd David would have been if he had had a cell phone, an iPad, or a Daddy would have left him out. No, see, David spent time with the Lord. This day and age, so many of us, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and maybe even us, say, man, I just have something missing. There's something lacking within my life. There's something that just isn't right. And you know where it all starts? I can answer that question for you. You don't have to come to me and tell me what it is. If there's an emptiness in you today, it's to be filled with the Word of God and allow Him to move in your life and it'll fill that hole. If you want peace today, if you're uh, restless today, you know where you can find that peace? The Word of God. Get to God. See, God finally got fed up with Jacob running. So God got Jacob alone. When you and I continue to run from the Lord and we try to consume our lives with ourselves, you believe this as the redeemed. You believe that God will eventually put us to where we will get alone with him. See, it doesn't have to be hard. You see, God desires to get along with us just out of fellowship just because he loves us. And that's what he did with Jacob. He got Jacob alone. See, the Lord brought him not only to a place of isolation, but he brought him to a place of confrontation. See what happens here. He brought him to a place of confrontation. Now, here's something in this wrestling match that I don't want you to miss. The emphasis of this passage wasn't that Jacob wrestled with the Lord. The blessing in this is the Lord wrestled with Jacob. We go to this story and the first thing that we think of when we hear this wrestling match going on, we see old Jacob take him there and start wrestling. No, the true beauty of it is, is that the Lord showed up so he could wrestle with Jacob that he would change something within Jacob. You see, there's a different and a great blessing in it that it was that God showed up to do something, try to make something out of Jacob. I wonder if anybody
everybody here this morning is in a wrestling match? Is anybody here this morning in this wrestling match of trying to say, what will I do with God? show up and wrestle with us, not to harm us, but to make something out of us. Better be careful if you don't comply. Better be careful if you don't comply in the wrestling match to say he got him to a place of isolation, he got him a place of confrontation, but he also got him a place of desperation. You see, he wrestled all night with old Jacob. All night he'd been wrestling. The Lord had been wrestling with him, and I mean Jacob wouldn't give up. Jacob was so stubborn. He was so self-willed. He was so conniving. And finally the Lord said, enough is enough. see what was going on at this time is Esau was coming to kill Jacob. He done told him when I get there I'm killing you. And his uncle uh, Laban was right behind him to come kill him. So I'm going to tell you what the Lord done for him. Jacob thought that if God won't get me out of this hard place that I'm in I'm fixing to leave here running. I'm going to just keep running. I'm going to just keep letting them track me down, but I've still got my legs. I'm fixing to run out of here, but I think I see a way out. I think I've connived in here and got me a way to get out of this. I think I fooled everyone, and I'm going to just hang on here to God, and I'm going to make God get me out of this situation. I'm going to make God do something. I'm not going to change myself. I will not comply to what God's will is, but God, I want you to be that Santa Claus that America thinks you are today. And I want you to just get me out of this situation. Then me and you will talk about what your will is for my life after that. That's not the way this Lord sees his way out. Yeah, Jacob thought, well, you know, if I can't get God to get me out of it, I still got my legs. Well, let me tell you what. Jacob didn't have a leg to stand on after he got out of this wrestling match. He's broke. There's only one direction. Now, when the Lord... I was telling him to let me go. I want you to get this in this story. What the Lord was telling him here is, is let me go. I want you to change. See, Jacob had in his mind, I'll let God get me out of this. You know what God will actually do for us? God will never tell us to let him loose unless we're not in the right frame of mind to hold on to him. What he was actually telling Jacob was, is let me loose, turn loose of yourself, grab back a hold to me, and I will carry you through this time of hardship. I will carry you through these troubling times. It's not meant for us in this old world, a sin-sick world, for God to get us out of every situation. I'm pretty sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wasn't in the best place they thought for their own selves, but they knew God would get them through the fiery furnace. They didn't pray themselves out of a fiery furnace. No, they prayed themselves through a fiery furnace. When Daniel was thrown into the den of lions, uh, Daniel called out for the Lord, and he didn't say, Lord, I need you to step in here, uh, bring me out of this den of lions, and set me on solid ground where I can serve you. No, you know what he done? He prayed for his protection through 
how concerned old Nebuchadnezzar was about Daniel was going to be dead. We run down there that next morning and we see the story that's laid out that God brought him through it and delivered him from it. But he knew how to handle circumstances. And that's when we get old Jacob back in the picture. Now Jacob can't even run. He's broke him down. upon ourselves for every uh, the actions of our life depend on ourselves for our own pleasures and our own conveniences when all that God wants is from us is to grab a hold of him and hold on now that we've seen Jacob the wrestling man or the wretched man I want us to see his wrestling man and now I want us to see Jacob the worshiper Remember what Hebrews 11, 21 says? And worship leaning upon the top of his staff. The rest of Jacob's life, he had his very staff in his hand. He was broke down. But he had finally learned you to get this. When Jacob learned to lean, then Jacob truly learned to worship. You see, God did not cripple him to discourage him. No, God crippled him then to learn. God had to break him down and uh, enable to bless him. Now you might think, oh, that seems cruel. Well, in this liberal world today that just wants to walk around and uh, talk about, well, I just can't believe God will do this, even though it's contrary to the Word of God. I'm going to tell you what God done. God broke him down so that he could bless him. God brought him to a place that he had uh, where Jacob could serve him, where the best place for Jacob was. God done this, but God did not want to cripple him. That's Jacob's fault. God would have blessed him if Jacob would have just been willing to take it without the head being messed up. God loves us so much that he wants to bless us. So often we just won't take it. So often we're not, uh, won't take that blessing because we want to do it our way. Look there in verse 27. And he said unto him, What is thy name? He said, Jacob. See, God had actually taken this man that was from a troubled childhood and had a troubled family life, and he took him from a place of shame to the Hall of Fame. God broke him so he could bless him. God crippled him to crown him, and God humbled him so he could be exalted. 
most people in this room has probably seen this picture of this shepherd walking with a lamb around their neck. Has anybody ever seen that? You've seen this shepherd with this staff and he's walking along and he's got this lamb around his neck and he's carrying this lamb. I'm going to give you the true definition of that picture of what shepherds would do. A shepherd would have a, a sheep sometimes that would just keep wandering. It would keep leaving. It would keep going and it would keep moving and he's always having to go get that sheep and bring it back to underneath his care. When you see that picture of that shepherd carrying this sheep on his shoulders and we think, well, you know, what that means is when I wasn't strong enough to carry on, God picked me up and carried me. That's not what's happening in this picture. Let me tell you the truth of what shepherds would do. The shepherd had two choices with a, uh, a sheep that always wanted to wander away. He could kill it. He could do that. Or the first thing he'd try that he didn't want to go to that extreme measure of taking that sheep's life. So what he would do as he kept wandering and he kept going to get it. Finally, one day, Brother Charles, he'd make his mind up and say, I'm going to break his leg. That shepherd would break the leg of that sheep. Now he could not get out from under my provision. But God knew then that hurt that I'll carry him though. I'll put out the effort to push him forward. I won't leave him on his own hobbling behind me. But now I'll keep him where he has to be taken care of. God does not want to do that in any of our lives. God does not want to cripple us in our lives. And when we become so hard-headed, when we become so hard-hearted, God will cripple us Whatever you may be wrestling with this morning, God doesn't have to cripple you to do it. You just have to drop your shoulder, get real with yourself, get your heart right, and God will get you through this. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you. We're thankful today for this precious of your word. And Lord, you owe me not I'm so thankful today that you've given your only son that you love me just that much that your son would have just one thing and Lord we pray that you be the one that comes searching seeking each heart correcting guiding Ask everyone to stand.